0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: One of the biggest conversations happening in my coaching community right now, and really over the last two and a half years of the pandemic, is about how to feel safe, safe enough to use your voice and be seen as a leader, safe enough to leave an unfulfilling corporate job to follow your calling, safe enough to set boundaries at work and in relationships, safe enough to ask for your needs. And unfortunately, in light of the headlines happening here in the United States, safe enough to do things like go to the supermarket or send your kids to school. The need for safety and security is primal. But the question is, how do you get there? If you're like most clients I work with, you might not have been taught how to feel safe within yourself. And as a result, it keeps you in patterns of trying to control and manipulate the external circumstances of your life and living in reaction to reaction. What do you say you and I in that pattern beginning today? Coming up this week on Life Amplified, we're gonna talk about how to create safety in uncertain times, but do it from within. Welcome back what is an amplified life it's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best it's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day and it's having an amplified career one that's meaningful to you the world and your bank account i'm dan mason helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms this is the life amplified podcast It's almost become cliche in the self-development world right now as we've gone from a pandemic into contentious politics, into Vladimir Putin and now inflation and a gun crisis in the United States with all of these mass murders. It's become a cliche for people like me to talk about finding calm amidst the chaos. And I personally believe that's just a really shitty thing to say to people. Uh, It's an unrealistic outcome. There is so much happening both around us in the world and within us as a result of that as we deal with our own emotional triggers. Being calm is an unrealistic goal. Where we really want to get to is a sense of creating safety. Safety is the pathway to calm. And safety is so important that famous psychologist Abraham Maslow placed it right behind the survival essentials like food, water, and shelter on his famous hierarchy of human needs. But when you think about it, if we don't have emotional safety, it is almost impossible to fully open your heart, to share your love, and to give your gifts to the world. But when Maslow talked about safety being a primal survival need so many years ago, he did it in the context of finding safety externally. According to Maslow, safety is what we got within our family system. It was something that we could get from the government, from the police, and from having a steady nine-to-five job. Great in theory, but Maslow wasn't living in 2022 like you and I are. And so many of those systems that were dependent on years ago to give us a sense of certainty of predictability and routine to our life are less reliable, you know, and I'm not going to turn this into a political discussion. That's not what it's about. You know, if you look at the statistics, it doesn't matter which political party is in power. People are upset. People are angry. They feel like their needs aren't being met. I mean, the approval rating for the Congress right now is somewhere around 20%. You know, I think we realize that even the most well-meaning politicians in the American political system get swallowed up by the machine, they become very attached to that corporate lobbyist money. So they're not always taking the action or supporting policies that the vast majority of people in the United States approve of. You know, if you look at the recent school shooting in Texas, and I'm not somebody who is anti-police, I have so much respect for law enforcement. I have friends who are in law enforcement. But by any measure, what happened at that school in Texas was an utter failure on the part of law enforcement to protect those babies inside the school. And certainly, if we just look at the family system and, you know, all the trauma that results From our attachment patterns and our relationship to our caregivers, that's not always the safest environment. And one of the things I've discovered after coaching unfulfilled high performers across 18 countries at this point is there is a childhood conditioning that happens from an early age. And I'm not saying it's done in a malicious way, but when you think about it, as a child, you were powerless to some extent to protect yourself or to take care of your own needs So the way that we learned and are conditioned to get to safety is through what I call the three safety traps of the unfulfilled high performer. You know, it it is my contention on this podcast today that most of us are taught to give away our power and seek safety outside of ourselves. And we do it in three very predictable patterns. So just check within yourself and notice which of these resonates more for you one of the ways that we learn to get to safety is through accolades you know this is the syndrome of the golden child where you the one in the family uh, that mom and dad looked to to make the honor roll that you had to win the trophies and be the best at everything be the best student be the best athlete make your family proud for many clients who come to me, uh, that's the thing. Love and safety was based on performance. And anything less than being an A-plus student was met with disapproval from the parents. I can't count how many times over the last several years that I've had clients who came home with report cards where they had straight A's and one B. And rather than being celebrated and getting an boy or an a girl. The parent usually looked and goes, well, what was up with this B and algebra? What do we have to do to get that up? And, you know, it creates a subconscious monologue within people at an early age that says, I am not enough and I must work harder to make my family proud. That getting safety, getting to love is based on what I'm accomplishing. Love is conditional. Safety is conditional. And I have to do all the things to be worthy of it. So that is the first safety trap that we'll talk about today. However, there are many children who grew up in a home where self-abandonment was the key to safety. In short, they had to be the responsible ones. Were you asked to give up part of your childhood in some way to play the role of a caretaker? Maybe you were the oldest sibling and you had to be responsible for your younger brothers and sisters if mom and dad were working all the time. If you grew up in a dysfunctional home with dysregulated parents, you may very well have had to have been the parent to your parents. It's a big thing that happens, especially with my clients who had an addict for a parent. They were so busy, you know, trying to uh, pour out the vodka and the bottles and putting water in there and just learning all the ways that they had to take care of the people around them. Uh, to keep the family afloat and to keep things safe. But in the process, nobody was really checking in with them to see what they needed. You know, in fact, if a child in this sort of environment spoke up for their needs or if they were processing difficult emotions, the adults in the home would respond with, oh, yeah, well, what about me? You know, one of my clients uh, tells the story of having a a mother growing up who, when she would complain that, you know, mom wasn't there for her, mom's response is, well, what are you complaining about? Why should I do that for you? Nobody was there for me. And it just perpetuates the trauma pattern over time. So, you know, for people in this self-abandonment pattern, denying their emotions and needs in order to rescue others is how they learn to feel control and safety. The third safety trap that I want to talk about today is acquiescing. These clients in childhood had to just quietly comply with household rules, no matter how rigid, no matter how realistic, because if they didn't, there was going to be some sort of emotional or physical punishment. You know, so for these people to stand out and speak up, would make them a target. They were taught children should be seen, not heard. They learned that safety was the prize that you get for not rocking the boat. Now, I don't wanna judge any of these patterns. When you were a child and you were still relatively powerless and don't have the wherewithal to go out in the world and take care of yourself, these traps work in your developmental years. They are protection patterns. They keep you safe. But when they go unaddressed and unhealed over time, the traps become maladaptive. We become adults who are constantly coping and searching for approval, searching for something outside of ourselves that's going to create safety. And all it really does at the end of the day, while the the safety might be short term, what we get in the long run is overwhelm, resentment, and anxiety. And that happens both in your career and in your relationships. You know, think about how these patterns developed in childhood are playing out into your life right now. If you are an unhappy, unfulfilled high performer, your corporate job may now be the place where you're available around the clock to take care of everybody, to take care of problems, usually at the expense of yourself and the people you love. You know, we've talked a a few episodes back about that burden of the breadwinner with people who are working so hard out of a sense of responsibility to please the corporate overlords and to bring in income to take care of the family. But they're so attached to the job because they need the safety of the corporate paycheck that it's pulling them away from the people that they love. That creates resentment at home. And now they're in this cycle of working in a job that they hate every day to take care of a family that they don't don't believe appreciates all the hard work that they're putting in. That's a tough way to go. If you're putting 55 hours a week in at a job you're only getting paid 40-hour-a-week salary for, that's the self-abandonment trap coming in again. And then when burnout sets in, you might have an impulse to set a boundary with work that you want to step away, that you want to say no. But if you believe that your sense of safety is linked to that paycheck in the 401k, you'll always make an exception. You know, you'll say, well, just this time, this project, I'm going to help out. And the next time I'll set the boundary, but that's just another form of the acquiescing trap. And as we've talked about on this podcast a lot, Corporate can be the high achievers outlet to satisfy the accolade trap where the next promotion, the next pay raise, the next president's club award is your way to feel valued, loved and safe. And then it creates a pattern where you're climbing to the top of every ladder and you still don't feel like it's enough, like you haven't made it because you're operating from that trauma pattern that says, whatever I do is not enough. I got to work a little harder. I got to push a little further. And that's a recipe eventually for the proverbial midlife crisis. So to recap, those three safety traps that are developed in childhood that keep us in this addictive cycle of looking for safety outside of ourselves, accolades, self-abandonment, and acquiescing. And I want you to understand that we can take this pattern that we're talking about, about seeking safety in corporate America, and you can apply it to anything in your life. Are there places where you self-abandon and acquiesce in romantic relationships in order to get to safety? Many people do. Are there places where, you know, you're not so much worried about accumulating the next job title or promotion, but you think that safety is going to come from your investment portfolio or your crypto account, Uh, that you think that your safety will come from your marriage or by your children performing well? So the key coaching point here is that nothing external to you can create a long-term experience of internal safety because anything external to you is subject to change. We're already seeing this right now, that a vast majority of cryptocurrencies are going bankrupt. There's, there's many of them that are essentially worthless right now. How's your stock portfolio looking? I was the guy that in 2007... Went and bought myself a really nice home in a gated community because I was told that that was a great investment. You want to put your money into property. And then the housing crash happened. And within three months of me buying my home, the value had fallen in half. I was so far underwater that this thing I should be excited to come home to, this beautiful home that was supposed to be a safe sanctuary, felt like a burden. Like I was just resentful every time I paid the mortgage on that place. There was a time in my life when I thought my safety was in my romantic relationship and my marriage. And when my marriage imploded after a whopping six months, hello, Dan, pulling a Kim Kardashian on that one, then I was sitting in my kitchen at rock bottom thinking about whether I was just going to opt out of life because now I didn't know I you know, I had lost my marriage. There was no way to security. The other second coaching point here when we talk about safety is that anything your subconscious mind or your nervous system links to safety, it's almost impossible to let go of or to walk away from. You know, if you believe that your corporate job is the only way to financial security and that you could never pivot in careers or generate uh, an abundant income doing the things you love, you're going to fight to hang on to a job, even if it makes you miserable. Because remember, Safety, is, is, it's a survival need. It's primal. This is one of the challenges that we're having in the United States right now when it comes to gun reform. And again, this is not a political podcast, but I do want to make the observation, there is a number of Americans in this country that equate owning multiple firearms or a semi-automatic rifle, they equate it with their safety and their freedom, which is exactly why they will fight like hell to hang on to it, even in the face of mass shootings. There was a a poll today that 44% of people believe that mass shootings are just the price that we have to pay for freedom. For me, personally, that's a tough view of the world when you value gun ownership over losing lives now on a daily basis. It's not particularly the way that I believe, but it drives home the point on how hard it is to let go of anything in your life that you believe is a link to safety. It's why people stay in toxic marriages and relationships, because they're not happy where they are, but at least it's certain. If they went out and became single, for some of those people, they don't know if anybody would love them, and that feels unsafe. So at least they know that they could stay in the shitty, unfulfilling relationship every day. Addiction works the same way. You know, how many people believe that smoking the cigarette is their link to calm, that it helps them mellow out? That's why so many people will, you know, habitually drink each night after work. It's a really valuable exercise right now, what to assess, what are the things outside of me that I believe make me safe? And how could I learn to create that within myself? Coming up after the break, we're going to pivot the discussion, and I'm going to give you my best strategies to help you create safety in uncertain times and create it from within.
0: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robey, And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that is guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday,
1: we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us.
0: Ooh, like a recent episode with Melissa Joan Hart. LL Cool J gave me some great advice. He had all these gold chains, and I was like, wow, look at all these diamonds. And he said something to the effect of, don't waste your money on something like this. Buy a house. Like, he gave me, like, solid investment advice where I was like, save my money. Got it. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Earlier in the podcast, I mentioned uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and he said our need for safety is so strong that human beings could not pursue growth-oriented needs like love and belonging, self-actualization. And, you know, self-esteem, like esteemable goals and accomplishments and pursuits. We couldn't have those things until we created safety first. But again, as I told you, Maslow's perspective on how we got to safety was from outside institutions. It was all about family, government, the police, a successful nine to five job. I believe more than any time in our history, we need to look at Maslow's hierarchy with updated and fresh approaches that fit for 2022. Because as so many of those external systems that we used to lean on for safety have failed us, you know, it's creating an environment where nobody feels safe. Everybody's seeking approval. They're seeking to consume safety in the world. They're seeking validation, but we don't know how to get there within ourselves. I would argue today That it's actually those growth-oriented needs, self-actualization, which you could also say are purpose, uh, love and belonging, and uh, purposeful, meaningful accomplishments, that is the path to true emotional safety, long-standing emotional safety. So what I wanted to do here is just share the four things. These are four ingredients. There's no hierarchy to them. Each of these principles stand on their own. You don't have to do them in order, but these are the things in your life that are gonna help you create safety from within, even when the world feels like a shit show. Number one, doing your trauma work. That's doing the inner work. It's building awareness of your triggers. So often we talk about the stress that we have in our lives, but we're not even fully aware of what the things are that stress us. One of the principles that I talk about a lot in my one-on-one VIP coaching practices that my clients really love is polyvagal theory, which gives us a way to navigate our own nervous system to find out uniquely what activates us into fight or flight response, what activates us into an isolation or shutdown response. But the answer is there's no universal answer for that everybody has different attachment trauma with their caregivers. So the answer is unique for everyone, but it is truly building awareness on what your triggers are. It could be as simple as a facial expression. It could be a tone of voice. I once worked with a mentor, he and his partner were in a relationship. And uh, my mentor was just a very loud talker. He grew up in a home with a father who was a Vietnam veteran. So he had lost part of his hearing uh, in the war from all the explosions. So everybody would always have to talk really loud to dad so that he would hear it. But that same loud talking in the context of his romantic relationship was a trigger for his partner, who always felt like, why are you yelling at me all the time? He's like, what do you mean? I'm not yelling at you. He, you know, For him, it was just what uh, the way that he learned to be heard from his father. But there's subconscious triggers there that we're not even aware of more often than not. And this is one of those things where it really helps to have the support from a coach, from a therapist, from somebody who can help you process those emotions. How many times are you like, I'm feeling so anxious right now, and I'm not even sure exactly why. Conversely, Part of the trauma work isn't just focusing on, you know, the quote-unquote damage or the brokenness from the past. It's also being able to create a map of what are the times in my life when I felt most emotionally safe? Where was I? Who was I with? What was the context of that relationship? You know, sometimes it might not even be people. You might feel safe when you're in nature. You know, for me, I'd love to take my dog, Brady, and walk down to the ocean a lot. I'm never more in a sense of awe than I walk down the street to the Delmar Mar uh, Cliffs here, down the street from where I live, and just stare out at the Pacific Ocean. You know, for me, that just helps me get so centered during any time when I'm emotionally dysregulated. That works for me. There are other people who, like, I hate water. I'm afraid of water. I'm afraid of sharks. I don't want to be anywhere near the ocean. Cool, so what is the thing that makes you feel safe? This is the trauma work that you do, uh, When certainly when you join my coaching programs or work with a qualified practitioner. It's becoming aware of the triggers uh, that send you into a dysregulated state, but also helping you get clear on what's going to help you regulate. The second step, the second ingredient here that we wanna talk about when it comes to finding safety in uncertain times from within. It's accepting your emotions without making them wrong or shaming yourself. I was just on a coaching call earlier today with somebody who was having some financial difficulty. It was a first call with a brand new client and he was carrying so much shame for the financial decisions that he's made and the debt that he had accumulated. And then he shamed himself for feeling the shame because he's read enough personal development that it's like, oh, you got to be in a high vibration and you got to feel great all the time. And the reality is, is none of us are going to feel great all the time. So we can't operate from a model that just says we're going to shut out whatever emotions are unwanted. That doesn't make the pain go away. And in fact, The more we repress those things, it turns into fear, anxiety, self-judgment, and even depression. So the feelings inside of you want to be felt and accepted the same way that you want to be seen and heard and accepted by others. So when you turn away and deny your emotions, when you go to coping devices and have a glass of wine or just doom scroll on Facebook or Instagram, you're denying part of yourself. You know, think about how you were treated as a child when you were processing difficult emotions. Did your parents know what to do with it? Were you sent away to your room until you could, quote, act right? Were you told that you're being a baby? You know, there are many men that I work with that were shamed by fathers when they cried and they were told, you know, you're being a little girl or you're being the P word. They would throw that out. And what ends up happening is we do the same thing to ourselves as adults. When we deny those emotional states, we're essentially being the unavailable, toxic parent <laughs> that we had growing up. And that doesn't help you and it doesn't help anyone. Your heart has the capacity to hold all of your emotions. And I can tell you that nobody has ever died from feeling an emotion. There are many people and we see the suicide rates climbing and just anecdotally in my life i hear more and more stories from my circle about people who've lost friends loved ones acquaintances coworkers to suicide right people have died from not feeling emotions but when you are in a state of acceptance and you practice allowing yourself to feel everything those negative emotions that come up they start to soften They start to move through you. You're not just containing all these things and holding it in, and that will create balance and safety from within. The third step to help you create safety from within, no matter what is happening in the external world, is to know your purpose. One of the biggest misconceptions when people slide into my DMs on Instagram, they think purpose is this epic, larger-than-life thing that they have to do. It's not. The thing that you do, your career choice, your vocation, the business you want to start, the book you want to write, it's just a vehicle through which you live your purpose. Purpose is the emotional states that you generate within yourself every day. They're the emotions you most want to feel and share with the world. How do you share it? Through goals, creative pursuits that light you up and make you feel alive. So this goes hand in hand with point number two, when we're talking about accepting your emotions and not denying them, if you are just one of the people who are going through the motions, living like a friggin' zombie every day, and you're cut off from your emotions, you're cut off from the actual vital force within you that allows you to live your purpose. And if you do not know your purpose, then you're gonna be aimless. You're just gonna wander in life from job to job. Everybody else's priorities will become your priorities. When you don't know your purpose, there are plenty of people in your inbox right now, in your text messages, in your, uh, in your Facebook feed, Instagram, who are going to try to tell you what your direction should be. Wouldn't it be great to take back your power today? Knowing your purpose is the first step. And by the way, if you need some assistance with that, My coaching programs are the fastest way to help you move through. The fourth and final step to create emotional safety from within, it's your relationships. You have to have safe relationships, starting with yourself. That's what these first three steps are all about. It's about your self-actualization. It's doing your trauma work. It's knowing what your triggers are. It's knowing your unique map to get you back to a regulated, safe, emotional place. It's being able to accept the unpleasant emotions that come up. That's building a relationship with yourself. Knowing your purpose is a way to build a relationship with yourself. But purpose has to be shared, meaning that you need safe co-regulation around you. You need an inspiring tribe. Just this week, I've uh, reconnected with uh, somebody in my life who was really important to me a couple of years ago. And, you know, life took us in separate directions. And You know, we've been working on a project together, actually, and just having those phone calls. It's been so nice, you know, just to have somebody like cheering each other on and working toward a common goal uh, has been just really a boost to my energy over the past couple of days. And when I think about the times in my life that were the most joyous, like those moments in life when you reflect back and you're like, man, this is what life should be. Oddly enough, it's never about the accolades that I've achieved in my life. It's never about the money I've made, the TV shows I've been on, the write-ups I've had in the media. It's not even about the life I've created for myself, living here my dream on the beach in Southern California. Those most remarkable moments all involve other people. It's the simple moments when everybody was just, you know, when everybody was getting along and laughing laughing so hard that milk would have shot out your nose, sharing those intimate, vulnerable moments where I could feel fully seen and I could share all of me and people were right there with me and they loved me when I could give that back to them. You know, you can have the dream career. You can make a great living. You can have a beautiful home and and have all the material possessions in the world. And if you don't have relationships in your life, where people lift you up and cheer you on. If you don't, if you don't have that, you're still broke. You're still poor. You know, it's one of the things that I've loved so much in my group coaching programs this year is watching groups of strangers come together and build these awesome supportive relationships. You know, and and I know that that's there. I've read the feedback forms from my clients. Like just having people where it's not transactional. Nobody wants anything from you. They just see you for who you are and they accept you and love you. That's my great wish for you that you can build those safe relationships in your life. And how do you get there? It's through emotional vulnerability and intimacy, which means you need to be accepting all these parts of yourself. So that's why I told you like these, there's no order uh there's no order to these four steps I'm giving you. All the principles stand on their own. But the more that you can incorporate these into your life, I promise you, you are going to experience so much safety. You won't be obsessed over whatever the latest headlines are on CNN. You're not going to be reacting to how much you lost in your 401k or your stock prices or how your business went this month. So the four steps, again, to create emotional safety from within. Do your trauma work. That is an awareness of your triggers, how they affect your unique nervous system, and also knowing how to get regulated back to a position of safety. Number two, acceptance of your emotions. Yes, even the ones you don't think you should be feeling. Being able to love all parts of yourself on the messy days as well as the joyous days. Number three, know your purpose that's your direction in life. It's your North star. And if you don't have it, you're going to be wandering forever. And number four, safe relationships. You know, we've talked on this podcast before about the pluses, minuses, and equals. You need a plus, you need a mentor, somebody who is further ahead than you, who's achieved the things that you want to create. You need the equals, you know, you need the supportive tribe, of people who believe what you believe in and are marching in the same direction. And the minuses are not the negative naysayers. We are not tolerating that in our life, and you're not going to tolerate that in your life. But those are the people that you share your hope, your inspiration, your knowledge, your gifts with. Those are your mentees. If you can find a balance of that in your life, man, that's an amplified life. That's going to take you to the next level. If there's anything that I can do to support you on that journey, man, there's never been a more important time in history for us to be doing this work, for you to have a mentor, a structure, and an implementation system to help you create safety within yourself. Go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. You can fill out an application. Or if you follow me on Instagram at CSC Dan Mason, you can go to my Linktree link in my bio and you can fill that out. And we'll get you all set up there. You know, we could get started on a coaching journey together as soon as next week. It would be my honor to serve you. In the meantime, if this podcast was meaningful for you today, could you please screenshot it, upload it to Instagram, tag me at CSC Dan Mason? Let me know what were your breakthroughs? What was your number one insight? What is the thing that you're thinking about differently that you're committed to doing differently and allowing into your life? And be sure to share this with a friend. You never know. If somebody is struggling, this podcast could be the very first baby step to help them turn it around. I love you so much. Thank you for being part of my community. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.